You're about to listen to an episode of Childhood Remastered. Check out our website at childhoodremastered.com for information on how to subscribe and where to find us on social media. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and TV shows and movies and whatnot of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be continuing on the uh, Nicktoons. 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 Yeah. yeah, we're doing Nicktoons. Yeah, so the second show in the Nicktoons lineup was... Rugrats. Rugrats premiered with Doug and Ren and Stimpy August 11th, 1991, which is on a Sunday. And I believe it aired in the- Take me to church, I'm gonna watch Doug and Rugrats too, and then make up other songs, and never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ren and Stimpy, uh, maybe is not what you want to watch at church. So, uh, before before we start, we're gonna finish off- uh, the beer that we were drinking on the last episode. Yeah, why not? Sam Adams. We still have some left. So, if I can get it. Oh, open. God, there we go. Fail. Fail, Sean. Fail. Fail, fail Sean. How did so, you know my nickname in high school? Uh, because it was probably my nickname, too. <laughs> Your nickname uh, was Fail, Sean? No, my nickname was just Fail. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Rugrats is an American animated show that is basically about a bunch of toddlers and their day-to-day lives. And this show is a really interesting concept because the show is in some ways kind of split thematically in half. Yeah. So you've got part of it is focused on toddlers and how they see the world and how they interact with the world around them and the adults in their day-to-day lives. And then the other side of that is those who speak a language and how they interact with the babies. So yeah, you have adults, you have you have an adult half of the show and you have a children like a kids half of the show. Yeah, not necessarily like half and half, but yeah. it, it's it's a thematically kind of split down the middle. Uh so we had Doug, then we had the show, then Ren and Stimpy, and then uh, I believe in September, October, I can't remember uh off the top of my head, but after that, Rocco's Modern Life. So there are 65 episodes that ended in 94. With two more episodes that got produced, but not aired until 95 and 96. Those two episodes were like the religious episodes, right? Yeah, one was on Passover and one was on Hanukkah. And as the show ran in syndicated reruns, its ratings actually went up, which is crazy. But that that greenlighted more episodes and three other movies in total. That's sort of what happened with uh, Family Guy and Futurama. Yes. Oh, Family Guy is a perfect example. Had a couple seasons, gone, came back because of syndicated rerun uh, fan love, basically. Yeah. Same thing with Futurama. It was, they created uh, four, I think, movies that were spread out. They, they chopped them up into episodes and they made that like the seventh season 
of Futurama, and then they continued making episodes after that. Until the show ended, yeah. yeah. So, so the show got a in ending. total, there's 172 episodes spread over nine seasons, airing over the course of 13 years, and there were multiple movies... And then there was a TV special that ended up being more or less a pilot episode for the Rugrats spinoff series called All Grown Up. Now, Rugrats was like the most, wasn't it the most successful of the Nicktoons? It it was the most successful of the Nicktoons. And until um, nine, uh, until 2000, I think it was 2015, um, it was the longest running show on Nickelodeon. It has now been overtaken by SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, well, that's to be expected. Which is to be expected. That show is... You cannot say Nickelodeon without thinking Spongebob now. But for a very long time, Rugrats held that that slot. They did have their own star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I shouldn't say did. They still do. You can go see it. It's cool. Uh, it's down there um, with all the tourists. And this show was created by a married couple. Uh, Arlene Klasky and Gabor Xupo. Uh They got married. I believe that they're split now. But the show is actually... The main character, Tommy, is based off of their youngest son, Brandon, who was a baby at the time. They co-created shows like The Wild Thornberries, Our Real Monsters. Um, they also produced Duckman. Um, they have a very, they have a very, it's an animation studio, and they have a very distinct form of animation. It's that sort of squiggly lined. If you think of any of the shows that we've mentioned, I think Rocket Power was one of them too. Yes. They all have the same animation style. There's not a lot of variant. Yes, uh, it, it was Clasco Supo Productions, and they, they've they done a bunch of stuff. You mentioned Rocket Power, I mentioned Duckman. Uh, I God, love I, Duckman. I do that's too. Not a, that's not a kid's show, though. We, not even remotely. We, Don't not, show your kid yeah. Duckman. No. But God, if you want to go back and watch, watch it. Duckman. Um, so it was also done with Nickelodeon Animation Studios, who obviously did SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents, Doug and Rugrats, Red and Stimpy Rocco. But they also did The Angry Beavers. Uh, shout out to that show because that show is brilliant from what I remember. I haven't watched it since it was on. <laughs> uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Invader Zim, which I just want to mention. Sean and I, in our very first lineup, by the time this episode comes out now, it will have been roughly about a year since we started working on this podcast. Yeah. And when we first came up with our original lineup... Invader Zim was on our lineup. And, and we haven't done it yet. And we haven't done it yet. <laughs> it has been bumped multiple times for different projects that we've decided to do. Uh, Nickelodeon also did Avatar The Last Airbender. And the animation itself was Wang Films production, which we have mentioned several times because they did animation for The Brave Little Toaster, DuckTales, Ferngully, Pagemaster. Uh, they produced the effects for Tron. And uh, Anavision, which is a Korean animation studio that uh, did animation for the show for a while. They did Duckman. Uh, the Simpsons from 91 to 99, uh, the Wild Thor Marys and uh, several other shows, the pilot for Hey Arnold. Um, Classical Supo Studios, oddly enough, also did the original Simpsons. They're responsible for the one-minute miniseries featuring the Simpsons on the Tracy Ullman show. They did 34 episodes of those. That they makes They produced sense. every episode of the first three seasons. And they're one of the animators for uh, one of the animators for that uh, production company came up with the idea to animate the Simpsons with yellow skin and to give Marge her blue hair. So the production slash animation studio slash slash Klasky Supo Productions is directly responsible for the Simpsons. Well, thank you, Klasky Supo. 
Yeah. No, really. Seriously, thank you. At least for the first, I'd say, ten, uh, ten seasons of Simpsons. After that, we can the good, the take good it or leave it. Yeah, the good seasons. But I'd say the first ten, ten or so. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the theme music is Mark Mothersbaugh, who is the co-founder, lead singer, and keyboardist for Devo. That's which, awesome. Which, if you don't know what Whip It is... Or Dare to be Stupid. Now you know. Yeah. Uh, they also did, he did the score for uh, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, all Wes Anderson films. And he also did the music, uh, composed music for Lego Movie, and uh, he did Beekman's the, World. Beekman's World. And uh, composed the theme music for Eureka, the TV show, which I love. I loved Eureka. That was such a good show. I mean, by it the didn't, end... It didn't end well, but it was no, such a good show. By the end of the show, it was the same formula over and over again, but I didn't care. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, and then it was weird. They went into like a weird, uh, another uh, dimension. Alternate where, version. Alternate reality, and that was kind of weird, but... Yeah. The the show composers were uh, Mark Mothersbaugh and his brother Bob, who was the lead guitarist and occasional lead singer of Devo. And another guy named uh, Dan, De- uh, Dennis Hannigan and Rusty Andrews. So with that said, um, I just I think now we can just maybe discuss the other co-creator very briefly, and then we can kind of talk about the cast. What do you think? Yeah, it works for me. Okay, so the other co-creator uh, is Paul Germain, and he co-created Recess and uh, Lloyd in Space, and obviously this show. Um, Angelica, Who's who one? is... She's, Sean's most hated character. We're going to talk hate about her so much. We're going to talk about it. But Angelica is actually based on a bully in his childhood, who was a little girl. And in addition to that, it was Jermaine who decided that Angelica would be a spoiled brat. Klasky, by the way, initially did not like Angelica at all, and protested her uh, actions in the episode uh, uh, "Barbecue Story," where she throws Tommy's ball over the fence. Yeah, uh, she was a big big hater of angelica but in some later interviews with her in the mid-2000s she kind of had come around and she was like no i like angelica i think mostly at that point it's like i like getting paid so i like yeah. angelica we we, um, we actually talked about this a little bit earlier today about angelica and who's really to blame for how much of a just a total bitch she well, is let's let's we can discuss, get into that we yeah let's that let's later. mention the characters really quickly the main character i would argue is tommy yes he's a baby uh kind of bald-headed little baby with a blue shirt and a diaper although in the first episode that we watch which is the, i believe a pilot yeah uh, he has an orange shirt yeah. Um, but he's he's this adventurous brave baby he's he's um, the youngest of all the babies he is and he's kind of the leader uh, and he's voiced by E.G. Daly, who is Buttercup in the Powerpuff Girls. And also, uh, Private Dizzy from Roughneck Starship Troopers. Did you ever see that? The animated... Uh... No, I did not. So there's this... <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, from 99 to 2000, there was an animated... Uh, it was a CG animated... This is, None of this is in the notes, by the way. This is all from my brain, because I, uh... I love the show. There was an animated Roughneck Starship Trooper Chronicles uh, show... That was CG animated. It was not great uh, animation wise, but the stories were always really interesting. They had like a robot who like accompanied them. They had multiple characters. So one of them was a pilot, and then uh, they had a spinoff of that show, which was a spinoff of the movies. Um, and I really like that show. I think at some point I want us to do that because it's a very, it's a weird, it's a very weird thing to have a kids' cartoon show based off of a very, very unchild-friendly movie with full frontal nudity. You mean like um, RoboCop? Like RoboCop? Yeah, we mentioned that before. <laughs> or like Rambo? Yeah. <laughs> 
or like the Mr. T Hour or the Chuck Norris, like all yeah. those ones that are like very obviously not meant for kids. Uh, Charles Bronson's Friendly Killing Hour for kids. <laughs> Holy shit, I would watch that so hard. <laughs> for those of any animators out there who want an idea, you're welcome to steal the Charles Bronson animated murder hour, and I will watch the shit out of that's, that. That's that's like on Adult Swim. They have the uh, they have the um, Mike Tyson's mystery show or whatever. Oh Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tommy's dad is Stu Pickles. Stu Pickles, and, and Stu is this. I never really got whether he was a successful or a complete failure at inventing toys. In mo- in several episodes that we watch, it's hard to tell whether he's one or the other. Um, but he's this kind of easygoing, absent-minded guy. He's voiced by Jack Riley, who is uh, Elliot Carlin on the the Bob Newhart show. He, he hasn't done a whole lot of like. He has more a great stuff. voice, though. Great voice for no super great voice for this role. Uh, and the dad's best friend is actually Chaz, which is Chucky's dad. And uh, none of this is in the notes either. But um, Chucky's dad Chaz and Tommy's dad Stu have been best friends. Since they were that age, and their relationship was apparently very similar, yeah, to the relationship in the show. Um, so, with that said, we just mentioned uh, Chucky. Chucky, or Charles Finster Jr., is the oldest baby at two years old. He's Tommy's best friend. He's terrified of fucking everything, and yeah. he is a little irritating. He's a neurotic um, little baby, but he's got this messy orange hair, large purple glasses. Um, he, his. I don't know if this is why he's afraid of everything, but his mom died at only a few months old. And there's, it's never really discussed exactly why. Uh, why she died or why, why he's No, why, why she died. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I think, I think it was, so my only guess is, because she was, obviously she's young and it wasn't during childbirth. So it's got to be three options. One, she killed herself as a result of postpartum depression. That's that's happy. Which is happy. Oh well, oh, we're gonna get way happy later. Uh, theory number two is uh, cancer. Well, is cancer? Yeah. And then the third option that I was thinking is um, uh, partum related uh, cardiomyopathy that didn't reverse after childbirth, and she ended up going into heart failure. That's the other option to, that I thought of. I have to defer to your expertise on that one. Well, it, it's definitely something that happens. It's rare, but it can happen. And and so did you ever was... see? By the way, when, since we're talking about Chucky and his mom, did you ever see the episode? It's one of the ones that like I don't know why I didn't pick this episode, but it stands out in my. In no, terms. I know which one you're talking about. The we one... didn't pick it, but yeah. I I remember it's There's... the one where they talked about his mom. Yeah. The, there's an episode where it's like a Mother's Day episode, and all and the kids are trying to figure out things to get for their moms for Mother's Day. And they Day. never talk to Chucky about it, and Chucky's very sad. And he has this moment where his dad, where like he with find, his dad, he finds like an old box of his mom's stuff, and he gives his dad a picture of his God, mom. And his, I and his mom or his dad starts like bawling because he finds this picture, and he's like, "Oh, Chucky, you miss your mom. I miss her too." And then like, "Oh, I got chills talk thinking about it." Like. No, no, Sean. Yeah. Sean actually has. Yeah, was, it was like uh, a, it was. It was such like a, a sad and like adult. We have topic. Not, we did not watch this episode. This is all from memory. I uh, there was. I remember that episode because Chucky was very sad too. But he was happy at the end. He was like like. At the end, he was happy because he remembered his mom. Yeah, he couldn't and... remember his mom. That was the whole thing. Is that episode? God, why am I remembering this shit from twenty five years ago? <laughs> but Chucky did not remember his mom, and yeah. he was. That's why he was upset. He couldn't remember his mom, and then he found this stuff. It jolted his memory. He had this like moment with his dad, and then he had a memory of his mom. And he, although he got sad, he got happy. He at the same time, and he cried. That's how the episode ended. Was Chucky crying? 
With that said, let's talk about some other characters. <laughs> so uh, we got Phil and Lil. Who are um, just little shits. Phil and Lil DeVille. I don't know. I like them a lot. In fact, I feel like those are the kind of kids that I would hope to raise. Yeah. They're, I like Phil and Lil a lot. They're twins. Um, they're uh, they're messy and they like bugs and dirt. Yeah, they, they like smear they smear all kinds of stuff all over them. They dig in the garden. They yeah, they find all kinds of gross stuff. They they love that stuff. And when they argue, uh, they'll call each other by their full name, Philip and Lillian. Yeah. Um. Oh, really quickly, Charles is is uh, voiced by uh, Christine Cavanaugh up to two thousand two. Voiced by sorry, Christine. yeah, uh, Chucky's uh, voiced by Christine Cavanaugh up to two thousand two, and Nancy Cartwright replaced him or replaced her. She is the voice of Gauze and Mallard. We discussed this uh, when we covered Darkwing. Yep. And she's also a Dexter from Dexter's Lab. I yeah, think we also has, mentioned it then, too. She has, she has a, very, a very distinct yeah, voice. Yeah, very distinct voice. Um, if I, I tried looking around the internet a lot for this, because she died at only 51. Quote of natural causes. There's there's no natural causes at 51. See, she's young. She's kind of hot, too. I was going right? to say, I don't like I don't like pointing out that, that women are pretty because that's not the only thing that they need to be known for. No, but, but Christine like you, Kavanaugh is, is a very pretty woman. She's a very pretty woman. It's not something, I mean, I don't well, like walk around and just identify people by what they look like, but we are human beings. We are visual creatures by nature, and you can't help but notice what she looks like. Yeah. So, uh, it, so jump back to Phil and Lil. Phil and Lil are both vice by the uh, same person, which is Kat Susie or uh, Kathy Susie, which we previously discussed as being Janine. Yeah, Janine on the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, and Linka from uh, Captain Planet. Which, by so, the way, I've been watching a lot of the real Ghostbusters. I have lately. too. <laughs> so, so we mentioned this a while back, but the real Ghostbusters are now up on Netflix and oh. for who knows how long. But they're I'm, up, and it's great because so when we watched it for the original recording when we covered it, we had to go on like. Like websites to essentially watch the show. Yeah, websites that will remain nameless. But if you really want the information, you can private message us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, now it's on Netflix. It. Yeah. So so and and uh, so I've been taking advantage of the fact, and I've been watching a little bit too much of uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, you messaged me about some stuff from like season three or something. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Se- no, I'm still in season one. I'm actually surprised. Like season one was 65 episodes. Oh, that's true. That's right. We just and we season, talked about that. It's and long. season two, it's one of those things because Eleanor's been watching it too. She's uh, she's been watching some Ghost. Ghostbusters a little bit as Yeah, well. season one in Ghostbusters is like 65 episodes. Season two is some other like 40 episodes. And then season three, four, five, and six are like 10 episodes each. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, like the last couple episodes or last couple seasons of Ghostbusters are like 10 or 12 episodes. That's weird. Yeah. So really, when you think of the real Ghostbusters, you're thinking of season one and two. Because then Janine's uh, look changes in season oh, three. Oh, that's right. And then didn't they start like making her an actual Ghostbuster? At some point, like well, they, they, did that in, they did that in season one. It was like in like yeah. the fifth or sixth. But it was like a dream sequence or something. No, they actually like there's an episode. It's it's early on in season one where she it's like she says like I'm sick of being behind the desk. Oh, I like want to be a Ghostbuster. Like Thirteen or yeah. twelve or something, right? Yeah, and she yeah. wants to be a Ghostbuster, and that becomes that becomes that happens more often is that she becomes a Ghostbuster yeah. and like actually goes out and her costume is pink, I think. Well, Her we uniform. talked, I think back when we did the show, we talked about how uh, in the comics she like legit becomes a Ghostbuster. Yeah. No, she yeah. does. She's not yeah. necessarily a, a... Like a token character. She's like a legit awesome badass Ghostbuster. Yeah. That's why yeah. we had the issue with the new Ghostbusters. It's like they already have female characters. Why didn't they just incorporate yeah. those into the new one? They have Janine and Kylie yeah. and they or, could have just or, added some more. Or like we talked about at the time, I remember that it wasn't so much an issue that there were female Ghostbusters, which I have no issue with. Actually, when I saw the caps, I was excited. But 
uh, so much as the fact that they're doing a remake of characters that didn't need to be remade. Yeah. At any rate, we've gone yeah, way too into far Ghostbusters. Um, We're talking about Rugrats. And let's mention Angelica. Just I quickly. hate Angelica we will, so much. We will discuss further, but she is Tommy's cousin, and her parents are Drew and Charlotte, and she's generally a biatch and very spoiled. Oh, absolutely. And she can speak to both the babies and the adults. She's voiced by Cheryl uh, Chase, who is mostly just known for her role as Angelica. But uh, the the one thing that I found was that she did the baby sounds for Pubert in Adam's Family Values. I remember the I baby, always, the baby. Yeah, I always remember that name because I thought it was such a weird ass name for a baby. Yeah. So Susie Carmichael is not in any of the episodes that we're covering today. But she but starts she, in like season two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, season two. She um starts becoming more and more frequent as the show goes on, but she's still featured less frequently. Than the other characters. Yeah. She's voiced by Cree Summers. Uh, with E.G. Daly filling in for a couple episodes. Um, Cree Summers is from A Different World. Which I... Did you ever watch A Different World? It was a spinoff I, from Cosby. Yeah, I did a little bit. She was uh, she was Freddie uh, Winifred Brooks. Um, and I, I loved that show. Um, and then she was the original voice of Penny. In Ghost and uh, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, she and a- she's Elmira! She has a very distinct voice. Like you, she's she's been in a ton of stuff for Cartoon yeah. Network. Essentially, like it, it, it's the it's the joke of uh, it's either Tara, um, what's her name, Tara Strong, Tara Strong, or Cree Summer, or Nancy Cartwright. Like those are your your characters, kind like, of blatant like animated female characters. Yeah. yeah, but as we mentioned, Elmira. Uh, she was also the princess in the Atlantis, uh, the Disney Atlantis movie, and she's Chili Cooper on Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. Uh, the, she's the, the neighborhood ice cream woman. Yeah. Um, and the innocent love interest of Slimer, which I think is very weird. Um, Spike is the family dog and appears in like 75% of Rugrats episodes. So although it's not a major character, it is a major character. Uh, the dog's very protective of the babies and apparently... Uh, Spike's breed is a quote Siberian tiger hound, which is a completely made up BS dog breed. Um, the dog doesn't, I couldn't find the actual voice for the dog, but my assumption it was Frank Welker. It might have um, been. But, but there's a he dream doesn't... sequence that's voiced by Michael Bell and, and a dream sequence in the Rugrats Go Wild movie that's voiced by Bruce Willis. I remember that. That was kind of weird. I remember um, that, yeah. So, you know, we mentioned, we mentioned Stew Pickles. Uh, let's talk about Dee Dee. Uh, his wife, um, she is definitely afraid of clowns, and she's also a part-time school teacher, which you can tell because the way she dresses, she totally dresses like a part-time elementary school teacher. Yeah, she's um, like a sub. Yeah, she has uh, Russian Jewish American uh, parents. She's, she's a- Russian uh, Jewish American, and uh, her parents are Russian born, and she may be Russian born, but it's never really discussed. Um, uh, she's she's the reason behind the uh, the Hanukkah and Passover episodes of the show like her family is the jewish part of the family and if you know anything about jewish like culture the 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 jewish line travels along the mom's line so tommy is jewish if dd is jewish considered jewish yeah and uh her character is actually based off of klasky uh herself she she said that the character is based off of her it's voiced by uh melanie uh chardoff who was on this short abc 
uh, ripoff of SNL called Fridays, which I do not remember at all because it was on before we were born. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is worth mentioning if anybody wants to go kind of look it up. It's a really weird piece of film history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> television history, rather. The next character is arguably the best character in the show. I think we, you and I are both on the same page that this is our favorite character. Yeah. This is... Because he's the only realistic character in the entire... Like, aside from his like hyperbole about stuff... About yeah. his, like normal like grandpa stuff. He is the most realistic character out of everyone in the show. He's a good dude. He, he, this is Grandpa Lou. Yeah. So Lou is Grandpa Lou Pickles the second, and um, he lives with the family for most of the show. I, I do remember later he got put into a retirement home. Um, he's voiced by David Doyle from '91 until his death in '97, and then uh, Joe Alasky voiced from '97 until series end. John. Bosley, 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 excuse me, from uh, Charlie's Angels was Doyle. Uh, same guy. And um, Alasky was a major voice actor for Warner, um, voicing a bunch of characters for uh, Bugs and Daffy and, and all that. Um, I love Grandpa. He is such, he is such the best kid. He's the one in most episodes that points out the bullshit that, that Dee Dee and Stu are doing. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? Why are you taking this role? Or have you not noticed that your children disappeared? Or, like, yeah. he's always the one who's like, uh, he's you might the, want to notice your kids are missing. Yeah, he's the most grounded of all the adults in the show. He does also seem to like to fall asleep in front of the, t- the television a lot, but he's old, so it's understandable. It's life goals. Yeah. Life goals. Exactly. <laughs> so his son, his other son, his older son is uh, Andrew or Drew, and uh, that's Angelica's dad. Uh, he's an investment banker who I think later is an accountant or something. Um, they have, he often is uh, he referring to Angelica as a princess or muffin, and I fucking hate it. Yeah, Drew. I is, hate that idea. I felt like Drew was a just sort of a nondescript like financial. I something feel like, or other. Well, I feel like the whole purpose of Drew was to be a comparison point for Stu, so that Stu would always see the financial success of his older brother and always feel inadequate. Yeah, and I feel like that that was like intentional as part of the creation of the characters. Uh, but I don't know for sure. That's just my own reading yeah, because, into it. Because Angelica's family is very well-to-do. The The dad is works it, in finance somewhere. He's an investment banker. The mom owns uh, her own business. She's a CEO. Yeah. yeah. The mom's name is Charlotte. Uh, and they absolutely spoil the shit out of Angelica. And never pay attention to her. Yeah. They, they, basically, they basically buy her love, literally and figuratively. They just give her things and do essentially whatever she wants so that she's happy. Yeah, and basically. It, it turns her into a gigantic bitch. That's not the right word, but she's a bitch. Well, she's a three-year-old, so bitch is maybe a little harsh. But No, I uh, want to go harsher, but I don't want to say that word. Oh, okay, well, uh, you do you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she is absolutely, and I don't, I'm assuming that it was, that her character was designed to be super aggravating, because she is. Well, I think the whole point was, is that other co-creator... Uh, wanted uh, this character in the show and based it off of his own childhood bully. So it's always going to be, like, when you remember your childhood bully, you remember them in hyperbole. Mm-hmm. So, like, perhaps that was the case with Angelica. Uh, Drew was voiced by Michael Bell, uh, who's most notably uh, known for doing Grouchy Smurf and uh, a bunch of different Smurfs. Duke and Blowtorch from G.I. Joe. Um, he's Lance! And Sven on uh, the uh, the OG eighty two Voltron, and he done some other stuff. Uh, he, Quack Jack from Darkwing. He Doc has a very and, distinct voice. Like once does. you hear his voice, you're like, oh, I know that voice from like a ton of stuff. <laughs> so what are you working on this time? I'm glad you asked me that question, Drew. 
one word, Havarama. Hava what? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, that's the only voice that he does. Charlotte Pickles, who we mentioned, the CEO. I read this description and I put it in here only because I think it's complete and utter bullshit. It says, quote, tries to be a good mother, but is usually sidetracked by business interests. She literally tries... Zero. The amount. only, the only thing, the only, the only. And part... keep in mind, I'm not opposed to the idea of a working woman or like a home work life balance or or any of the, or being a successful woman. I I take issue with the argument that she's quote trying to be a good mother because the we never actually see her be a mother. Yeah, I was gonna say that the only the only actual the only parenting Angelica gets is from Drew or her uncles. Or uh, her aunt and uncle, or, or her, her grandpa. grandpa. No, I was gonna say that the only, the only part in one of the of... episodes, she, the mom, Charlotte, spends the entire vacation on the phone talking to Jonathan, yeah. her assistant. I was gonna say um, the only, the only part of Angelica's life that her mom was involved in was literally her birth. That's it, basically. And then yeah. after her birth, she pawns her, she pawns her daughter off on everyone else. Yeah, no, she disappears like most of the time. Uh, I don't. I do not think she's a good mom. Um, she's just like that's... she's absent. She's just like she might as well not be there. What I find it's is like she makes money, but it's not like they need it because what's his name is an, uh, an investment banker, and he worked an investment banker is not a job that has like zero hours worked either. So and he's making time to be a dad and take his kid to things and do stuff. What I find um, is that most of the adults in the show. Even Grandpa, but he's usually the least of, least of it. But most of the adults in the show, the parents of all the kids involved, are all just awful parents. They're, They're such bad parents. And I don't know if that was intentional on uh, Klasky Supo's part to, 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 to depict them. In that way, but they are all such terrible parents. Like they're not even terrible parents. I don't they're think for the that, most that was part, intentional. I think that that was an afterthought because it aside, feels like the stories were built around the adventures of the kids, and so the parents like being absent or shitty was like a trope to uh, further the story. But see, it's not but even, watching it. You're just like, holy shit! You didn't notice your kids disappeared. They've been gone for twenty minutes or to an me, hour. To me, it's not even. And these that, are babies. If like, how do you not notice when you're like one year old? disappears for an hour but see to me it's not even it's not even that just it's not just that they're bad parents i feel like a lot of these guys are just bad people in general like they're shitty humans yeah they like all of them have like crazy neuroses yeah they're all they're all super self-centered they all treat each other like shit aside from aside from chaz because he's super like He's super meek and doesn't really do anything. He just sort of well, goes along with whatever. Howard's also super meek, but he's also kind of a he's a dipshit too. Yeah, no, like he's a total d. De- yeah, that's that's the thing is that aside, like Grandpa and Chaz are the yeah. only are the only two redeemable characters, and like Phil and Lil's parents are are awful. Angelica's yeah. parents are awful. Tommy's parents are awful. They're all awful, and the ones that are the one the one parent that's good is the single father. Yeah, which is Chaz. So, really quickly, Charlotte's voiced by Tress McDeal with, holy shit, she's done everything. We mention her all the time. She's Dot Warner. She's a million Agnes things. Skinner, in, mom yeah. from Futurama. She's a million um, things in, in uh, Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Chaz, or uh, Charles Norbert Finster um, is voiced by Michael Bell, who we already talked about. Um, let's talk really quickly about Phil and Lil's parents, um, Betty and Howard, or Howie. Um, so, Betty is super athletic, voiced by Kathy Susie. Or Kath Susie. Howie is voiced by Philip Proctor, who um, did just a crap load of 
additional voiceover work for Disney, Lion King, Rescuers, Zootopia, Toy Story, whatever you can name. He's probably done it in the last 30 years. Uh, he's also uh, Dr. Vidic from Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, but Betty is a super athletic, uh, super strong feminist. She, she, wear, she wears a shirt with a feminine, for, with a woman symbol on it, the, like the circle with the cross on it. Right. And then uh, her husband is this uh, very cringing in fear of his wife, Meek. Uh, oh, absolutely. He's Yeah. And that's not reading anything into it. Like, it, it's intentional. And they're meant to be that way. I actually, in some cases, wonder why they're together. She must be putting out something crazy. Uh, I don't know. Like, and, and this isn't, this isn't, like... I don't want to. I don't want this to go the wrong way, but like, but it's gonna go the wrong. It's way. gonna go the wrong way. If you were just looking at Phil and Lil's mom, you would probably think that she was a lesbian. Well, she just does, the way she acts, the way that she talks to people, she doesn't seem to. I like, don't know about the way she uh, talks to people. I think it's that's, just yeah, the way that's that, probably the wrong way. No, I like, think it's just the way that they an, they animate her to look like a midwestern bus driver. Yes, right. Yeah, well, that's, and, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you know, lesbianism, of course, covers multiple facets of, of women out there. You know, you have but she's all more... different kinds and, and people who, uh, you know, identify as women but were born with a different sex. And maybe they're lesbian. Or, and, and all kinds of other facets. But she's more of your, she like, is like, the, she like fits, the, the, the butch lesbian. She fits the classic of. late 80s concept of what a butch lesbian looks yes. like and acts like. Yes. Um, not the way she talks to the people, because she talks to people kind of. She's like, "Oh, hey, what's up, guy?" Like she. I mean, she compared almost, to compared to the other females. She seems like she was intentionally written as a trope. Yeah, you well, know I mean, what I mean. That's what I'm saying is like compared to the other. She's not a complex character, and and it's almost like on purpose that she was written tropey. It, it, you know, you, you know, know what, what I mean. She, you know what she sounds like. You know what, the the way that she acts is like Peppermint Patty in the in the uh, in the Peanuts cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. She she's just like she's obviously visibly a woman, but she also is obviously visually meant to be masculine. Like yeah, she talks and interacts with everyone in a very masculine way, and that's how Phil and Will's mom is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the issue is is mostly just that she is, especially compared to the other women in the show, she is she is not like them at all. No, but she's apparently really good friends with. With the Dee Dee. Yeah. And, and I think, like, she she is no worse of a mom than any than any of the other women. No, they're all terrible. They're all terrible. <laughs> uh, um, but but I just, I think it's interesting with the way that they, it's it, it has to be intentional to make her look like, in 1991, what they thought a feminist slash lesbian looked like. Yeah, like, that, that's um, actually a better point, is that... Is that uh, Klasky Supo in 1991 equated feminist with lesbian, lesbian, which is not true. Feminism just means that you want men and women I, to be yeah, equal. That, that's probably that's probably the, the the bigger takeaway is that she she obviously her assumption like, of feminism was lesbian. Yeah, because she is very clearly like a a, a feminist. Like she talks about women's stuff. In later episodes, and she works, and she she very much is the one in control in their marriage. Yeah, she which is, is fine. She's I, the alpha know, but, in the marriage, but yeah, she's she's very much. She also animated. doesn't seem very interested in Howard either. So no, um, I feel like the kids were an accident. Uh, the kids were maybe a, a drunken accident. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That, it's 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 more than I think a possibility. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of characters that there's a character that two characters that are 
uh, shown in the first episode. We don't see them for the other episodes we watch, but of course show up later, voiced by Michael Bell and Melanie Chardoff. Um, both of them we already mentioned. Um, they are Dee Dee's Yiddish parents, um, Boris sor- and Minka. They're the source of a little bit of controversy. They are. So yeah. Dee, Dee, Dee Dee's family is... Russian demon- Jewish. Yeah, they're demonstrably Jewish. Like, to the point where they actually had an ep- two episodes that focused on Jewish holidays. Yeah, we mentioned that just a few minutes ago. Yeah. So, Passover and... Uh, and Hanukkah. And Hanukkah. So... Yeah. Th- Not her- Seder. <laughs> no. no. So, her parents... Well, Passover is... I, anyway, I know, I know. It's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Dee Dee's parents are... Have been described as being almost caricatures of Jewish... Yeah, almost as if they like, were like racist Jewish caricatures. Um, but and the way that they talk and they inter- like so when when Dee Dee's dad talks, he's like, "What is this going on over here with this? Oh, with the ba- who makes carrot cake with for a baby's birthday? This is ridiculous." And talks about it not being like it yeah. was in the old. This country. is not like we did it in the old country. And then the the mom is like. But we're not in the old countries. But it doesn't matter. We're chocolate not... cake is universal, yeah. and all this chocolate but... cake with chocolate frosting. It, so, the, those characters have widely been considered uh, to be a boon for uh, relationships, uh, or not relationships, uh, television um, portrayals of Jewish people and their practices. You don't get uh, like. If you think about it, you don't get a whole lot of like traditional practicing Yiddish Jews. Jews. Like, yeah, or just Jews in general on TV. It's usually Christian. And that's probably it. You get the nowadays you might get the occasional Muslim, but these are like old school Jews too. Like this is like like they had family in a concentration camp or something. Like this is like old well, school. Maybe shit. they were in a con- like they could have been. But I and I don't know if that's true or not because I we haven't watched enough of the show, but but the characters are very much meant to be like it's a loving homage, yeah. And and they 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 definitely go out of their way because they did a Passover and a Hanukkah episode, yeah. Uh, you know, but there was some, there has been some mentioned controversy that those characters are quote offensive to Jewish people caricatures because the way they're drawn. Um, but looking I mean, looking online, like, okay. it looks like the Jewish community felt that they were they were really receptive to these characters. That they I mean, did a good job. It's not like it's um, not like if you ever find yourself on 4chan or if you just look up Jewish caricature, caricatures, you don't have like the hook nose like like the super racist bullshit. Stuff. Yeah, like you don't have that. It's just it, yeah. It's, this is not like a like when you you know what it reminds me of is when Borat in the movie Borat he inf- intentionally tried to be oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah. When like he, when uh, offensive that. yeah and he did all that stuff. Uh, it's not like it's like that. It's not it's not like that at all. Um, you know, it's not even remotely anti-Semitic because they Jewish. Cel- they celebrate him. It's based off of her life. Dee Dee was her. That's a, that's we just talked about that. And the yeah. characters of her parents are like her parents. Because she's Klasky is Jewish name, right? So, you know, it's not I don't think that it's nearly as offensive as people I I feel like sometimes people just want a reason to be outraged about something. Outrage that, culture. Outrage and, culture. And this is a good example of that. Yeah. Um there's a couple of characters I just want to mention really quickly. So there's Dr. Lipschitz, uh, who never gets a voice uh in the episodes that we watch, but uh at some point is Tony J, who is uh Frollo from Hunchback. 
a Megabyte from Reboot. Uh, he gets voiced later. And Lipschitz is essentially the child psychologist with whom uh, Dee Dee and Stu and Chaz refer to for help. All the self-help he's like, nonsense. He's like, he's like Dr. Dr. Spock. Yeah, kind Dr. of. Dr. Yeah. Spock, because that was the same thing. Like Dr. Spock in like the 80s was the child psychology expert and every he put out a bunch of books and yeah and i was very confused as a kid because i was like mr spock from star trek wrote books about kids and my mom was like no no that's a different person and, that's a different guy yeah. yeah and and then uh captain blasto who's voiced by adam west we don't need to mention who adam west is if you don't know who adam west is screw you go away uh you don't belong on this podcast you don't belong uh, Captain Blasto is this sort of uh, fictionalized, serialized 1950s superhero that the kids watch. And then Reptar, yeah. who is the sole reason why I picked the, re- the episode that I picked. Uh, yeah, Rep- I love Reptar. Reptar is a Godzilla stand-in that yeah. is m- seemingly more directed towards kids. Reptar, Reptar. Gotta find that Reptar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he has TV shows and serial. He's a mega, he's a like large sort of background character in a lot of it. Like in one episode that we watched, uh, Angelica eats reptar cereal. Yes, and and it's noted that uh, there's literally uh, nothing that's food in the cereal. Yeah. So you know, um, let's talk about that. That's a good segue. Dee Dee and Dee Dee and Stu, and I don't know if it's more Dee Dee or if it's both of them put together, but Dee Dee and Stu are super health nut like wackos they they uh in one episode that we watched with the barbecue the barbecue episode they don't have regular burgers they have turkey burgers and when my well go go ahead i have something to say about that no so when when stew is going to when stew is going to like like when he's cooking on the barbecue it pans past all of these uh, condiments that he's going to put on the burgers and it's like sugar-free sugar and, oh i didn't or, see yeah, that it was i looked like, down i was writing at yeah that it was like sugar-free okay. sugar and like organic sagram oil it was all kinds of like that's a second episode barbecue yeah. story yeah right? it's all okay. kinds of like weird stuff and and like there's the the first episode where where uh, Tommy wants to eat the dog food like that's the whole point. Yeah, of the first well, it's episode. his birthday and and Tommy wants to eat dog food because he thinks he saw a commercial for dog food and he thinks that if he eats dog food he'll have uh, he'll turn into a dog. He'll have more freedom yeah. and it will turn him into a dog. Chucky Fufu, I got just one word to say to you. What? what? Dog food. Dog food. Dog food. I tried to get some from Spike's bowl, but Grandpa stopped me. Why would you want to eat that stuff? Well, Spike eats him. Look at him. He can do anything he wants. He even gets to sleep in the flowers. Maybe if we eat that dog food, we'll turn into dogs. Shoo, shoo, get out of those flowers. So the parents make him this, this like... Super healthy carrot cake. Super healthy, well, carrot cake one for his for his cake. But they also, in the beginning of the episode, they feed him this like puree of something and it's like not good yeah he like slides out of his he slides out of his chair and he goes over is to, that the one where the grandpa was like uh makes a or is that another episode no he, grandpa makes a joke about how the food is terrible and how he wouldn't want it either well no that's what he says he goes so so tommy slides out of his chair and he goes and crawls over to the dog food and he's about to grab the dog food when grandpa picks him up and he goes oh you don't want that sport You've got this delicious, and he looks at the like, and it bubbles up when he when he looks at it. It goes like bloop, and he goes, "Oh, I see what you're talking about here, huh? 
Maybe that's not so great. But it, it, they essentially feed the baby and all the stuff that they eat are all super health foods. Yeah. Which I don't know how they afford that shit. Because like I said. She's a part-time school teacher and he's like a, a flailing uh, toy inventor. Yeah. Like you never know if he's actually selling. There's an episode that we watched where he was trying to sell toys to a company that he was making. But his toys are like overly complicated and and would be prohibitively expensive it seems like. Yeah, I don't remember which episode that was. Uh, I think it's actually that same episode, uh, episode two, the the second half called "There's a Baby in My Soup." Yeah, um, no, that's the one where he, he they go to dinner with the with the toy maker. The, and the toy maker's name or the toy the owner of the toy company is named Mister Muckle Honey. Yeah, which is a weird ass name. Um, and that episode's kind of funny because um, so so here just as a brief synopsis for every episode. Every episode is this way. The, the parents are doing something or need to do something. The kids want something. The parents pay fuckloads of no attention to the kids. Yeah. The kids escape whatever wrangling has been placed upon them. They go do whatever. And then some sort of hijinks ensue. And then the parents find the kids or the kids find the parents or whatever the end yeah that's every episode the and in this episode the thematic device is that the parents don't pay attention to their one-year-old yes that's really what it well none of the parents pay attention yeah. to any of their children well, normally normally in most of the episodes we watch and i'm pretty sure most of the episodes in general Dee, Dee and Stu, because there's they seem to be the ones that are either working from home or not working at all maybe that's how they make their money is they watch every other kid in the neighborhood because the, the kids, kids are always at their the house. The kids are always at their house Maybe. when their parents aren't. So so the uh, the theme is that Dee Dee and Stu... Well, to- Betty and, and Chaz work together at the local coffee shop. Yeah, and... Um, and it's called... Uh, I think it's Java Lava. Yeah, and, and her husband, Howard, is like a... He does files. So he's files. He's a secretary. Th- yeah, or he something. does something. Remember, he they they have a feud, and he decides he's going to go file or something. Yeah. Um. But but they they have this thing in that episode that um, so they Dee Dee and Stu have to go to this dinner. They can't find a babysitter who uh doesn't show up because her goldfish died for the second time. Uh and. Grandpa has gone on a date. Yeah. And so they decide to take their kid with them to meet this toy maker guy to try and get him to invest in Stu and to or to hire him or whatever. They don't really fully explain yeah, the, he, he's like, they don't he brought explain a, the He brought a bunch of toys to show the guy to essentially sell yeah, so I couldn't, blueprints or I couldn't designs. figure out if he was selling designs, if he was trying to become a private contractor of him or a full-time employee. It doesn't really fully say, but um, he's trying to get a job with this guy. And um, at some point, Dee Dee has to leave. It's because... To pick up Grandpa. Yeah, because Grandpa gets in a fight over... With some, his date. With, with his date over something at the bowling alley. He's like, you need to come pick me up. Yeah, so she leaves to pick him up, and the the owner insists on like leaving they, him there. I like how they call. I like how Grandpa calls Dee Dee, and like Grandpa. Well, is, no, he called the restaurant. Because, yes, he has, remember, and yeah. they bring a, a phone over on a tray because it's yeah. supposed to be a fancy restaurant, and and so he just says to come and pick me up. Yeah, that's what it was. But he tells Dee Dee to do it, not Stu. Well, that's because Stu's the one who's there for for a business I know, meeting. but I know, but like Dee Dee is not his his actual. 
like Stu is his son, Dee Dee is his like daughter in law. And he's like, I feel like I'm probably, I feel like the lines are probably blurred in their relationship. Yeah. Uh, Cause he lives with them. So, but, but what I wanted to mention was, is that Tommy then leaves the table and nobody notices muckle honey and Stu both don't notice that Tommy leaves the table, ties Stu's shoelaces together for no reason. Um, and then leaves and explores the kitchen, violating all kinds of health code laws. At one point, he spills silverware into a pie crust and covers it with whipped cream, which gets served to customers. He dumps a bunch of hot sauce and chili into soup. He falls into a giant bowl of noodles and then gets taken out to a table, uh, which at, w- at that point, the investor uh, eats the soup. Um, and then Stu, like, falls over the table because he's tied to it, and the investor's, like, all happy. He thinks it's funny, because his big thing is he's into jokes. He's into, um, like, practical jokes, yeah. The bill for the dinner, by the way, is $390 in 1991. That's, that's a, a lot of money. In 1991. That's an expensive I, restaurant. I mean, that's not that's not for nothing now. I've, I've definitely paid more for that for a dinner before, but for Joy and I? Yeah, like, we, like, like at a super, at like, a super expensive something, steakhouse. Something... Well, no, no, past the steakhouse. We're talking something with like a tasting menu and oh, you know, yeah. something crazy. Where you don't actually get to choose what you're eating. You just like, I'll have the entree. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not even an entree. It's like there's a twelve course meal and, yeah. and something is served as a foam and then something. You know what I mean? So what I was what I was thinking when I watched this episode because this is early on. This is like the second episode. Yeah. Or, so because the first part of that was the barbecue, and they're also just as neglectful. They absolutely are. So. It, it's, so it's like a double whammy. So you have you have the parents, all the parents, all the parents are absolutely neglectful. Awful, awful parents, parents, neglectful. They just seem to let their kids wander off, and they don't. It's like they don't even have kids. They don't even think to look like, oh, is my kid still here? Nope, he's gone. And the other part of it, though, is I was thinking of this as like I've heard SpongeBob described as like the subtitle for spongebob is essentially spongebob ruins all his friends lives oh god that's so true like that's every episode is spongebob finds a way to ruin one of his friends lives in some way okay i feel like rugrats is that the 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 subtitle of rugrats could be the babies find a way to ruin their parents lives i actually disagree with that and here's why i think i disagree because um there are moments where they do things like in the episode we just talked about that ended up working out to benefit the parents. Yeah. Or or there are no consequences, which I think is really why the parents continue to neglect their children. Because ultimately, they either come out neutral or ahead. I cannot think of a single situation in which things went terribly wrong for them and they had serious consequences to deal with. There's nothing, I can't think of a single episode of the five that we watched, which which were episodes from three different seasons, that that netted the parents a net loss of something. I guess so. I, maybe I was just super annoyed with the kids anyway. Like, the, the, the thing that annoyed me... For me, the kids aren't annoying because, uh, I, will, I will just say, as a dad, the kids make so much sense. All of the stuff that they, all the weird stuff the kids are doing, kids just want to explore. Like their brain just works different. Everything is brand new to them. They want to open everything and climb into everything and explore everything. And they don't understand that there's no rules and they don't understand why there's rules. They don't understand what danger is. Their, their parents, however, understand all of that. And it's their job 
to watch their kid. Yeah. To make sure their kid doesn't crawl under the fence next door where there's a, a rabid dog. Yeah. Or to get lost in a movie theater and possibly destroy something. Or, or get stabbed in a kitchen. Or fall down the stairs. Or find their way or, onto an Ice Capade show. Or find their way onto an Ice Capade show. Uh, I mean... Seriously, maybe maybe it, de- it definitely. I don't it's have the, the parents. I it's definitely parents. don't have the experience of having a kid, and maybe that's what. Maybe that. I mean, definitely that's something that contributed to my annoyance. I'm just like, oh, these fucking kids. I want to like. Oh, get ready! It's yeah. so good, Sean. <laughs> just I, you know, when you're say when your kid sings songs to you about the poop, you know, for no reason. Um, just you know, and yeah. then you go into the room and find that they pooped. Uh, you know, there's. Those things happen. It was an autobiographical story, Dad. Yeah, those things happen. They but, do. Yeah, the parents um, are extra annoying too because they are they are the worst parents. They they're pretty terrible parents. I I especially like they're not even like parents of taught. They're not even parents of like tw- like eight year olds. They're parents of infants, one and to toddlers. Three. The kids are between one and three. Yeah. Uh, the, so my your pick was. Um, Angelica breaks her leg. Angelica breaks her leg, which uh, also part of that is when wishes come true. Yeah, that's a double Angelica. Which episode. is a double Angelica episode. Which God, did you get screwed on that one? Yeah, um, I picked it specifically because I remembered the 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 one scene from Angelica breaks her leg where Stu is in the he's in the kitchen. Uh, essentially, the the plot of the episode is Angelica gets left at Stu and Dee Dee's house for a week because her parents are going on. A vacation. White water rafting yeah, trip. River rafting. That was the one I mentioned earlier. Her mom spends the whole time on the phone. Yeah. And so Angelica is upset because nobody is letting her do what she wants to do. She's the guest and she needs to, like, they need to listen to her and do what she wants to do. Yeah. Because that's what you do when you're the guest. And she watches some uh, soap opera. And the in the soap opera, the woman has a broken leg and the guy's waiting on her hand and foot. So, so she, she decides, decides to that break that, her leg. Yeah, she decides it's, that's a great idea. So she pushes a bowling ball down the stairs and goes, ah, ooh, ee, ah, ooh, ah, ah. And then it smashes into a uh, potted plant at the bottom. And she lies on the ground. She's like, oh, no, my so leg. So they get taken to the ER. And yeah. you mentioned this. And, I, and then when I saw it, his name is... Dr. Hoagie Doozer. He's yeah. like five years old. Yeah, he's, he's a Doogie Hauser. if you remember that show. He's a Doogie Hauser stand-in. He's like, yeah, he's like a, a 12-year-old doctor. Mr. and Mrs. Peaches? Uh, it's Pickles. Uh, yes, of course. I'm Dr. Hoagie Doozer. Is Angelica going to be all right? She's in x-ray right now. We'll know in a few minutes. And he mixes up the x-rays that they take of Angelica with someone else because he calls them the Peach family, like the Peaches family. And they're so like, like no, Mr. Pickles. Peach, right? No, Pickles. Oh, whatever. Can I just say thank God for for digital record keeping? Yeah. Uh, I I work in the medical industry. Seriously, thank God for medical records it being digital. It's so damn hard to screw up somebody's medical records. You have to actively try. Yeah, but so so uh, the episode is essentially Dee Dee and Stu waiting. It doesn't have Tommy in it really at all. It's Dee Dee and Stu waiting on Angelica hand and foot. And, and it's actually, I found that episode to be kind of funny. It, it was um, it was funny and infuriating at the same time because Angelica is a, a terrible human total, being. Yeah, she is, she's not even, it's not even that she's a brat. She is a literal, like, she is a three-year-old bitch. And this was... She this, acts way more mature than she should from yeah, her age. This, this prompted um, a conversation. And the reason I picked this episode is because I remembered a scene from it where... At like three in the morning, she rings her buzzer and she asks Stu for 
pudding, chocolate pudding. And he says, I don't have any chocolate pudding. And she's like, well, why don't you go out and buy it? And he goes, I'm not going to go out at three in the morning to buy you chocolate pudding. And There's then no cut s- to him in the store yeah, buying chocolate pudding. Yeah. And so, and then in the next scene, <laughs> he's making chocolate pudding because they don't have any ready-made stuff. They have to, he has to like make mix. So in the next scene, it's him on the stove and he's making chocolate pudding. And Dee Dee walks in and goes, Stu, what are you doing? Making chocolate pudding. It's four o'clock in the morning. Why on earth are you making chocolate pudding? Because I've lost control of my life. And it's he's so depressed when he says it. And he get, he makes the pudding and he brings it to Dee Dee. Or he brings it to Dee Dee. He brings it to Angelica. And he's like, Angelica, here's your pudding you wanted. And she's like, oh, that's okay, Uncle Stu. I don't want it anymore. I'm not hungry. And he, like, screams. And I was thinking, like, why is Angelica awake at 3 in the morning? And why would they be willing to indulge chocolate pudding at 3 in the morning? Why would they be willing to indulge anything? And that's what, like, they, they, the, the, the rationale. Because Dr. Lipschitz says. No, no, no. It, the rationale was that Dr. Uh, Hoagie Dowser, whatever his name was. Dr. Dowser said that we need, that she needs our like total care and so they just they, but that's not what total care looks like see that's why they're terrible parents so that's why i picked that episode and it was just and i i told when i when i was when i was watching it or right after we watched it I oh told, is that when you texted me that's when i text yeah that's when i text chris and i said i don't know if and if like who i hate more angelica for being just a complete bitch or her parents for creating a complete bitch. And I told you, I 100%, uh, 1,000% her parents. Yeah, her parents are terrible. Her parents, every parent in this show is so bad. They're bad. I mean, The like, only redeemable character, like I said, is Chaz or Grandpa. Oh, I, that's it. Grandpa is my shit, yo. Grandpa, I gotta tell Grandpa you. Grandpa will call them out on their bullshit Ten times out of ten. So there are two episodes. So the first episode that I picked, and I'm going to talk about it in a second, is season two, episode ten, which is Reptar and Ice and Family Feud. But do you remember when we decided to do this whole four episode, this four podcast thing? One of the other episodes I told you was the third episode at the movies. Mm -hmm. That was one of the ones that I asked for. And the reason is because, so the kids want to go see this movie. The slumber party, it's, it's okay. It's like not that important. Um, that episode's like whatever, but the the part where they go to the movies is my favorite. So they end up going to see this like the essentially Care Bear movie. It's called in. they're called the Dummy Bears in the Land Without Smiles. Yeah, it's it's a Care Bear movie. The Dummy Bears in the Land Without Smiles. Do we really have to see this one? Come on, Pop. The kids will love it. And. The kid, uh, Tommy sees a commercial for Reptar and wants to see that instead, but sees a poster for it when they go to the theater. Yeah. They're there to see Tommy's first movie. And they go in to go see the Dummy Bears. I told you, we should have gone bowling. Dad, it's starting. We get these moments from the fucking grandpa he's when he says like, things what like, the fuck are we watching and why are we watching he's it? He's so infuriated he has to watch this movie. The land without smiles. Land without brains is more like it. And well, what's funny is he's a grown-ass adult with his own money. He could be like, you know what? Peace out. You guys watch the Dummy Bears? I'm going to be watching Skin Flutes number seven over here in the, in, in, in the CD theater. And I'll catch you on the flip side. And you know what? That grandpa probably would have. Uh, that well, there's, really, that, there's, that one, there's that one scene where he rents videos for the kids. It's not any of the ones that we watch. No, no. He rents videos for the kids. And he's like, oh, we got this movie and this movie. And then... Uh, 
Lonely Space Princesses. <laughs> that one's for uh, Grandpa once you guys go to bed. He Whoa. essentially rented porno, and he's like, yeah, no, this, this one's not for you, kids. <laughs> this one's for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and in that episode, the kids basically destroy the movie theater. They destroy they, everything. Tommy that... climbs into the popcorn maker. The, ch- the twins shoot liquid butter all over the floor. Chucky eats half the case of candy out of the... The case at the concession stand. Thank God, thank God Chucky's not diabetic. They destroy the projector room, and, and there's this other scene at the end that I love. Just get Valentine's to the other needy children, Squeaky Bear. It's too late for me. It's too late for me, Tails. I'm gonna get some candy. I'd rather rot my teeth than sit here and rot my brain. That is my favorite. That is the most memorable line that I have in my brain of all time for Rugrats. I, in fact, I still remember that line when I saw that that was the, I was like, oh, they're going to the movies. I'd rather rot my teeth than rot my brain. In fact, <laughs> if I said that to my brother and sister, they would know exactly what episode that was. I love that episode. <laughs> and, and because it's like, it's so perfect, Grandpa. And then the other episode that I picked, which was Reptar on Ice. Holy shit, that episode is... That was episode that, has a lot of issues. Was that not like a weird-ass episode? Yeah. Uh, so basically the kids want to... Um, the kids love Reptar. They think Reptar's dead and they find a lizard and want to take the lizard to Reptar. The parents decide to take the babies to go see Reptar on ice. Yeah. Okay. So Reptar on ice is a terrible concept. It's like imagine Godzilla on ice. Grandpa does not want to go. He says it looks stupid and terrible. People must have much for brains to go see that problem. In my day, dinosaurs didn't skate around with a bunch of ninnies in costumes. In his day, the dinosaurs were real. I heard that. But he agrees to go, and holy shit, he loves Reptar on Ice. Yeah, he does. And the kids are, are like, hiding uh, the lizard that they brought with him, like, in their underwear, and it's crawling around everywhere. And, and the songs, oh my god, the songs. I'm just a woman who loves a dinosaur or whatever. It's like ridiculous songs. He may be a lizard, but I love him. Yeah. Uh, the songs actually carry over into the end credits of the episode, too. In fact, there's a super cut that has a bunch of the songs. Uh, the Reptar, Reptar, gotta find that Reptar. And then the um, When a Lizard Takes a Wife. That one is my favorite. Yeah. When a lizard takes a wife. The wonder of life. When a lizard takes a wife. It's almost too much to bear. And now every morning when I wake, dear. I will see your smiling happy face, dear. And so the whole movie is it's, a, it's like a combination of... Um, it's a combination of Romeo and Juliet mixed with the Cuban Missile Crisis. With the Cuban, mi- yo, that's the thing that I didn't. I message you that. Yeah. You so did. this episode is apparently supposed to be an analogy for the Cuban Missile Crisis. Aye. So if you can mix, if you could mix a dinosaur with the Cuban Missile Crisis and then Romeo and Juliet, you would have Reptar on Ice. Uh, there. I, there are no words to describe Reptar and Ice. You need to just watch that episode. That is the I, my favorite episode of all time. In fact, the two that I picked, you could probably watch and just 
if those are the only two episodes you watch, go ahead and do that because they're fantastic. So let's um, let's since we've talked about the show a little bit, let's let's jump into the the to the weird theories about the show. Oh, see, that's that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> well, might as well. <laughs> so, first of all, the location of their house is. It's the address of the of the Klasky Supo in LA. studios in LA. Yeah, yeah. It, they never specifically mention, but but yeah, it's in LA. I think there's an, there, um, I think there's like a, a California flag at some point that you can see, so you know they're in California. Yeah, it's twelve fifty eight North Highland. It's their address, and it's put on like an invoice uh, in the the first birthday episode. That's the first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we're gonna talk about a fan theory today that is. A little bit on the creepy side. Let's do it. Let's do it. So in the last episode, our last podcast, we talked about Doug and Mr. Dink being a pedophile. Today, we're going to talk about the Rugrats theory, which is the theory that Chucky died in 1986 along with his mother, and that's why Chaz is a nervous wreck. Tommy was born in 88 as a stillborn, and that's why Stu constantly is in the basement making toys for a son who will never have a chance to live. The DeVilles had an abortion in 1990, and Angelica couldn't figure out which one uh, it would be, a boy or a girl, so she just imagined it was both. And the entire show is a hallucination of a three-year-old girl trying to make sense of a world full of dead babies. (laughs) Jesus, what the hell? Who came up with this theory? I don't know, but watching it, uh, it is a little bit of a stretch, but it definitely, I could see how it's possible. Apparently, in the all-grown-up stuff, uh, the teenage years, Angelica becomes, according to the fan theory, she becomes addicted to a bunch of narcotics, um, which, like, furthers her schizophrenia and brings her back uh, to her childhood, and... and by the end, the teenage, the the all grown up episodes end when she turns thirteen, uh, which according to fan theories is when um, she starts getting molested by she, Mr. Dink. No, she follows in her mom's footsteps with drug abuse, uh, uh, abusing heroin, and dies at the age of thirteen. Oh my god! Uh, apparently, so dark. The two Rugrats that are not imagined are Tommy's little brother Dill which comes into the show way later uh-huh. um, but she can't tell the difference between fact and fiction and then uh, in that theory she gets upset that she uh, can't make Dill disappear so she hits him which he then suffers brain damage and a hemorrhage which results in his deformation um, which causes him to end up all messed up the like as an outcast when he's older the other character is uh, Susie, who's her only friend, who basically just entertains the thought that Angelica's creation is, like, what she needs in order to, like, survive the world. This is a really messed up theory. And part of that messed up theory involves the movie when uh, Chucky's dad goes to Paris and meets Kira. That's the one uh, where he, like, gets married to that other, that Parisian, uh, she's, like, half Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Or whatever woman. And, um... Has a has a daughter. Um, apparently, he was actually going to marry a different woman named Coco, but she just wanted him for his money. Um, All and, the money that he makes at the coffee shop. Yeah, apparently at the coffee shop. I think he owns a coffee shop actually. Um, and and so like this theory is just it's a pretty messed up theory. Yeah, it's pretty dark that everyone <laughs> like the. What entire- is wrong with the internet, Sean? That this is where like everybody like in in that theory, her uh, Angelica's mom died of a heroin overdose, and that that is 
partially what caused some of her schizophrenic bipolar. Um, well, if Angelica's mom died of a heroin overdose, that's too good for her. Well, yeah, <laughs> according to what we saw in the show, her yeah. mom was a terrible mom. So, well, that's that's terrifying. So, overall, would you recommend this show? <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that fan theory, I don't know. Uh, no, you know, I, in last week's episode, we gave like a warning for the fan theory. Uh, I didn't do it this week. It, the reason why is because the fan theory we just discussed, although it's crazy and terrible and awful and depressing, is not even remotely believable. No, it's not really. It's stupid. It's a, just a dumb fan theory that does not really translate that well. The one for Doug, for sure, is... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. can see that a mile away. This Doug is, one, Doug is getting diddled. Yeah, Doug's getting diddled hard. But this one, I think, was too dumb to really bother giving you guys a warning, which is why I just went ahead and just discussed it. I think let, let's just ignore the fan theory we just discussed. Yes, and and just talk about the show overall so, as a show. Me personally, I think the show is boring as shit. Really? Okay. I mean, we t- I talked about this with you when we watched both of these shows. Is that I didn't like either of these shows. And I really, thinking back, I didn't really like Doug or Rugrats when I was a kid. They were just shows that were on that filled the time. I mean, sometimes you just watch something because it's on. I know I've watched plenty of shows just because it was on and there was nothing else on. And maybe I just didn't want to leave the couch. And so I watched it. And you you sort of Like if it was late April and you were in college? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. how I watched a lot of Dora and a lot of uh, <laughs> Zaboomafu and a lot of uh, Mickey Mouse Funhouse, yeah. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, no, so like the the show the show to me doesn't have a lot of nostalgic value. Like I didn't okay. love it when I was younger, and watching it as an adult, I just get infuriated by the ineptitude of the parents. And the kids annoy me, probably because I don't have kids. Yeah. And so, overall, I really didn't like the show at all. Wow. Interesting. Like, at all. So, it, it was I, painful to watch. I, I'm, this is. Oh, keep going. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just thought of something, too, that we didn't talk about. There's also the theory about this show that it's related to Doctor Who. Because Tommy... Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, because if you think about Tommy, whenever he tries to escape somewhere or do anything, he uses a screwdriver. Oh, so he's like baby Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I just... I don't now know we know I... we know what the real Doctor Gallifrey's name is. It's Tommy. Oh my God, brain exploded. Yeah, he's, oh, uh, sorry. It's a fixed point in time. I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah. I don't uh, know why that popped in my head. No, no. That's... I had never heard of that before. Yeah. I, you know... I... I enjoyed this show. So I... Did you I, enjoy it because you're a parent? I Well, just independently. So I, I love Grandpa. Grandpa, I say, will be the one redeeming factor of the Grandpa show. Grandpa 100% makes the show for me. So as long just as... Just like Mrs. Dink made Doug, Grandpa makes this show for me. Well, Mrs. Dink doesn't get her, like... She doesn't get her time in the sun. No, not episode. nearly as enough. But Grandpa gets it. He's like a regular character. And Grandpa regularly just rakes everybody over the coals for being terrible parents and makes fun of the whole process. I love the Grandpa. Yeah. So that in and of itself makes the show worth watching because his quips are fantastic. Be a parent like Grandpa's a parent. Yeah. Be a gra- If you're going to go out and be a parent right now, do not be... Like Don't be Stu a Stu or a Dee Dee or, or a Howie or a Betty... No. And and so I I think I texted you about this 
uh, maybe about a week ago, Stu and Dee Dee, in fact, all of the parents are essentially shitty versions of helicopter parents. Yes. They baby-proof the crap out of everything. They, they hover hardcore. Every time they want to do any amount of parenting, they consult Lipschitz's they consult crappy books. parenting book. Like, I'm okay with, like, looking up a book. Okay, and, and I understand, like, looking at research for things. That, I understand. Mm-hmm. But they can, every time that they decide to make a move on being a parent, they look up a book. Yeah. That is the worst way to be a parent. Honestly, because... You, most of the time, you don't have time to go look up a book. Sadly, there is no manual that comes with being a parent. You just got to figure shit out on your own. Your job is essentially to do a slightly less shitty version of parenting than your parents did. Do a less shitty job than your parents did. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. And then your kid's job is to do a slightly less shitty job than you did. Yeah. That's really the end goal. And and there's there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that you mess up. But holy shit, it looks like these parents learned nothing from their parents because they just they just said fuck it and just decided to not watch their kids, let them roam around with no supervision, leave hardware and tools in the kids' play areas for them to use and to open things. How do you not notice that, that your one-year-old has a screwdriver? How do you not notice that your one-year-old has gotten out of its playpen? And has been gone long enough to get sneak into the neighbor's yard next door. Yeah. I mean... Or, or disappear in the middle of a movie. So when I took my little kid to see uh, their first movie in the theater, like half of me was just watching them. Seeing their excitement and their face as they enjoyed something on a big screen, uh, that was half of why I wanted to go. I don't care about the movie. I don't even remember what it was. Half the reason why I wanted to go was just to watch her enjoyment. Why yeah. are they? And, and when they go to see Reptar, uh, when they go to see the movie, they're more. In, that's oh yeah. They're more engrossed in the movie. The than dummy the kids bears. Uh, Stu is crying and Dee Dee's comforting him, and their kids are gone. They are terrible parents. But with that said, I'm not annoyed by the kids at all. The kids for me just seem like normal kids. Angelica's a terrible parent because her parents are terrible. Yeah. Like I, that one feels like holy shit. I'm, I should not be surprised at all. In other news, water is wet. Yeah. <laughs> you you know? have shitty parents, you wind up with a shitty kid. Yeah. The other kids, though, are great. And and I like the other kids. And the parents are terrible, but, you know, Grandpa's funny and the situations are interesting. My kid liked the show. My recommendation is to watch Rugrats. I mean, you wouldn't, I, but, I, but mine I wouldn't. I feel, I feel like people would enjoy the show. I just didn't. I I don't know. Well, your personal recommendation is that you don't enjoy it. That's I okay. didn't like it, but I could see how other people would yeah. would enjoy it. But I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know. I I would say it's a hundred percent appropriate. This is for a, kids, this is a weird sure. this, it's a weird situation for me because I don't come out of most shows not liking them. I usually like the shows even if they're not that great. I'm like, oh, it's it's a good show. You can watch it and get this out of it. But for me, I it, it probably has to do with the fact that I'm not a parent. I don't have a kid. And so none of this really relates. To yeah, you. none of it relates to me, and I could see I could see how someone with a kid, like a parent with a kid, would would see it through a different set it, of yeah, and would would glasses. enjoy it and would laugh at certain things, yeah. and, and maybe just sort of like see the the parents in the show just being ridiculously terrible parents and being like, oh my god, I can't like and, and yeah. drawing some enjoyment out of that. But 
I do. I will say that in some respects, my my nostalgia glasses changed for this show because I remember this show as a very different show than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Was that the case for you too? Yeah. So I remember this show. Like I remember the kids being funnier. I remember them uh, being more interesting. I remember the parents as being good parents. Yeah. And none of that's the case. The no, kids are they're not, all terrible. The kids are less interesting. The parents are terrible. Um, Angelica's craziness and, and grandpa is, those are the funniest parts. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd say, I'd say go watch it. It's totally cool for your kids to watch. You won't mind it being on while you're doing something else. At least the animation's interesting. Yeah. I guess it's, it's not terrible. I just didn't like it. At, at the absolute least, at the absolute least, I would say watch the episode where, um, there's Reptar on ice. Cause it's just, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, and then maybe watch watch the movie episode with the dummy bears because <laughs> Grandpa is at his best. Yeah, he is. He's, um, at, his, he's at his like ornery best. His his snarkiest old man like angry best. Absolutely. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode. Yeah. If you want to find us and talk to us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. That is at RemasteredCast. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Childhood Remastered. Please rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The rating really helps us out. Yeah, and we'd also like to thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music, Nascent. You can find links to his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com. Until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. <laughs>